Welcome to the Bread and Cup podcast hosted by Corey and Shauna Burris. They are a former pastor, a college teacher, and Pacific Northwest coffee lovers. Mostly, they are Jesus followers who find themselves in lots of interesting conversations with non-Christians, former Christians, wondering Christians, and young adults from all kinds of backgrounds. And we want to invite you into those conversations. The Bread and Cup podcast is a place for real talk about the Bible, life, and what it takes to move beyond the easy answers. So let's grab a cup and join the conversation. Welcome to the Bread and Cup podcast. I'm Shauna. And I'm Corey. And in our cup this week is uh, Poverty Bay Coffee Company's uh, small match, small batch micro brew. Yeah. Coffee. It's essentially coffee. It is coffee. But it is um, it is sustainable, all of that like crazy yeah. hippie stuff that we throw in around Seattle. every once in a while. Yeah. We're near Seattle, so that's what we do. And they've been around kind of a long time. So they're, they are not a, you know, new hot thing on the scene. This is a company that's, I think they've been around close to a decade oh. that have been trying to, you know, like do this before doing this was yeah. du jour. Yeah. So you buy coffee and they help combat yeah, they just, poverty and yeah, it's, get people employed woo-hoo. that are, yeah, it's coffee. really good stuff. Yeah. Fun, fun. They make sure it's ethical and we're all about that. And I we're still... Being ethical is good. And we're still eating our... Uh, oh, still sourdough. Although... Um, I mean, I'm about to trade that in for... Oh, yeah. Christmas stuff. Yeah. Thanksgiving, Christmas. Yeah. Be like pumpkin breads mm-hmm. and, you know, pies. I didn't make pumpkin bread before this episode, but it it's like on the to-do list. Yeah. We got to go to the grocery store. So we've been bad about it. So it's been yeah. a while. So this week uh, we that are must talking. Have been the most boring <laughs> intro ever. It was. Well, we just kind of fizzled out there, so we just yeah, keep going. We're gonna we keep going. Bring them back on in. Uh, this week oh, we're no. talking about family and parenting. Mainly. Yeah. Um, and so our so feed your kids. We do need to go to the grocery store and feed the kids. Yeah. Yeah. And as they get older, they require more sustenance. They do, and then they leave. That's true. That's and nice. so we're gonna talk a little bit about that. About a, we just had a kid that we dropped off at college. And we have two others coming up right behind them and kind of uh, a little bit about what we've learned um, or haven't learned or still wondering about. Um, Yeah. I think we should lead with um, the very best advice we were given when we were pre-parents, partly because before we get going, I want to make sure that we acknowledge, like, I think... A lot of our six listeners are parents who have kids. You that, say six. What if it's seven? It could be seven. Maybe we're up to 10 now and that would be super exciting. But I'm still going to go with about half of our, our audience. I don't look at the numbers. So I have no idea. Me either. Drop us a line. Let us know. You yeah. know. It's, we do hear from random people that I'm like, whoa. That's, that's neat. great. Yeah. Um, in any case, random person, if you have children, this, this conversation might um, hit you a little differently. But the goal isn't to sort of offer parenting advice. One, we're not done parenting. So we don't know that we're good at this. Two, um, we think, I mean, if you're a human, you have parents. And whether those are biological parents or, I mean, we all have biological parents, but whether you were raised by your biological parents, uh, yeah, um, or you were raised by... Um, adoptive parents, foster parents, or some other combination you were raised by your community um, at large, that the way that you were parented likely 
had a massive influence on how you feel about your faith and the faith journey you've taken. Right. And so really, we're, we're having this conversation. We're going to talk about ways we were parented and, the, you know, sort of what, what we have learned in almost 19 years of parenting, right. but not in a prescriptive way. We're going to really do this in a descriptive way. And for those of you who are not parents or who don't want to be parents, which is, you know, that what we want you to be able to take from this is an opportunity to reflect on what does this discussion bring up in you about the way that you were parented? Are you thankful for opportunities you had? Is the way that you were parented, did it make your faith journey richer, deeper, maybe even easier? Um, or was your parenting experience something that's really combated your faith and thrown up roadblocks? And why is that? And where yeah. is that tension? And so that's that's yeah. our hope with this. Well, let me, and let's start with um, kind of what we want for our kids in terms of like maybe a description of like for me well i was um, gonna start with our uh, the best piece of advice and i think it's the same do you mind do you do what you want to do okay um the best piece of advice to my knowledge that we received before being parents was from pastor steve and his assertion that he and his wife and he gives full credit to his wife that Basically, you're raising adults You and they need to go through the phases they need to go through. So the best thing that you can do as parents is, is give them the boundaries that protect them while allowing them to do self-development. Yeah. And I thought, I mean, at the time, I wasn't quite sure. Well, we had a... We, well, we weren't even pregnant yet. This was pre-Anna. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, we really... We didn't really entirely understand that, but it was. But we knew how to parent because we were. Yeah, I mean, we were super so smart. I mean, at like twenty-four, we had it together. Mm. Um, we knew we were going to be good at this. Uh, th thankfully, we didn't. Uh, but that, but there was something about what he said, and frankly, the way that we saw them play out their parenting, that resonated so deeply that we really internalized. Yeah. Yeah. But but I think even before that, you you have to start with okay. what is a good child, like right? Because that might be different yeah. for every person. Maybe all you want for your kid. Oh, like is what is a the, good goal for yeah. parenting? Not what is a good child. Well, <laughs> well, but like, oh, you raised great children, right? You oh, hear sure. that phrase yeah. from people. Well, what is the, that means? Different things to different people, right? For somebody, it might just be like an obedient child that just like. It, like says yes at the right times, yes sir, sure. no sir, all that stuff at the right time. And sometimes raising a good child is an independent thinker that is this or yeah. that. I think for us, at least for me, I think that, um, and we probably agree on this, but like that all we wanted or all we want still for our kids is that they have, um, I, I hope for our children that they have a relationship with God Yeah, that is vibrant and yep. growing yep. and that um that the choices that they make around that or around their, in their life always lead back to that one yep. singular focus right yep. now i think if they do that they'll have a vibrant life and they'll be happy yeah. and they'll be this and yep. they'll be that but those things are never guaranteed you know right life in the midst can be real hard sometimes right so yeah. i always start with like that is what i want for my kids yeah 
I hope that we can get our kids there. And then we can talk about like, how do you get your kids there? But that ultimately yeah. that's kind of a, a starting point. I wanted from, it, I mean, yes, of course I, I agree with you in that. I think I would frame it as when, when I held our tiny babies, cause all three of our kids are born to us. Right. So when I was pregnant with them and when and I, they were all babies at one point, they were all babies and, and they, you know, I got to hold them very new, very fragile. Um, my, my long-term goal for them was that they could grow into who they were in their gifts and their abilities unlimited by me. Mm. That, that was my, you know, it, sort of the secondary goal to, of course, I, if I'm following Christ, it's because I believe there's something in there. So of course I want that for my kids deeply and desperately. Right. Yeah. And, and sort of as a secondary piece to that, I, I want our children to grow into who, who they are sort of in the Christian language as image bearers of Christ as fully as possible without me limiting that. I don't mm. want my expectation of them to limit who God has called them to be. I don't want my hopes for who they're going to become to limit my ex to limit how they live out who God has created them to be. And so I've had to pray as this like very driven firstborn girl, do the things, right? Like I will I will parent so hard. Like that is my that is my baseline. And so I've had to pray really hard over the years. Lord, give me eyes to see what you've made them to be. Like, who are you creating them to be so that I can love and accept them as that is. Right. Apart from all the things that I could hope for them, which is very often tied to my own insecurities and not tied to who they actually are. Right. And Lord, let, let me have peace when they live out a calling that I don't understand. Mm. Because that's going to happen too. Yeah. Every generation is different than the generation before. And and I think that goes back to what you were talking about, like when this advice was given to us, right? Yeah. Which is this idea that like um we want like I always say like we want this end goal. Yeah. That journey as to how they get there is out of our control out of our yeah. out of our hands in many yeah. ways it's all in their decision so allowing knowing the processes and the steps that they have to go through to get there is yeah. really what you have to be really aware of right yeah. like your kids are going to be rebellious when they're teenagers yeah lean into that let that yeah. happen right like your kids are going to be pains in the butts when they're 4 years old and they're going to question oh, everything you're going and you're going to hate them right well no we're not well, going to hate them maybe a little bit we're going to we're going to maybe hate hate the day never them as humans that's true we i you're saying it nicer but i'm just saying how i felt like i mean parenting is <laughs> real hard sometimes yeah. it's exhausting and we're people and like really imperfect people that parent right really imperfectly sometimes and that is the other um besides acknowledging that they have developmental places that we need to acknowledge and create space for the other big lesson, and, and this was one that my, I think my mom is just the archetype for, has done so brilliantly. Know that you're not a perfect parent and be fast to apologize about it. Mm. Like, I knew that I knew that I knew growing up 
that my mom was the mom of that house. I never questioned her authority or my security in that place under her authority. She was going to make sure that things were okay. Yeah. I mean, she held it down. But sometimes holding it down is exhausting or yeah. you're hangry or you've had a really bad week. And sometimes you yell at your kids when you shouldn't have. And like that happens. There is no version where you never do something wrong as a parent. There is no version of never making a mistake or being like less than wonderfully human with them. Like sometimes you're just a jerk. And, and, and the beauty of going to your kids and saying, I was a jerk. Yeah. I made this mistake. Yeah. And I did this. At least for us, it's played out in a way that our kids are willing to say that. Right? Yeah. Like we, we've had our, our one of our kids laying on the floor, throwing a fit at an age when I'm like, why is this even happening? Yeah. All of our children are teenagers. Right. So. Yeah. That's the context. And, and. And you're like, what in the world is going on? And you yeah. leave them for 30 minutes because they just you don't know what's going to happen. Yep. And you get back and they're like, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know what I was going yeah. on in my head, right? And they, they, they experience this, not only us saying we're wrong, but the forgiveness that they're giving you, they know will be reciprocated to them, right? Exactly. And that's ultimately what we're hoping for them at least. Totally. I think my biggest wish for our kids as teenagers, um, sort of when they were tiny and I could begin to imagine them as teenagers, especially because the school they were in was like preschool through eighth grade. So they would like, when they would get their eighth grade buddy and I could see like, like this is where this little person is headed there. Um, what I wanted more than anything was that our kids could trust us mm -hmm. with any question or any problem like that there wouldn't be questions that they could ask us because those were appropriate churchy or like regular choice questions and then there was questions that they couldn't ask us because we were not going to be able to handle that right i want i wanted to develop a relationship with our kids where they could trust us full stop yeah and that there wasn't and, and in fact we've our, our oldest, who is, you know, classically the, the firstborn, big circle of friends and, you know, diverse friend, friend group have said to her, or she will come to us with questions. She's not particularly struggling with them, but right. they're, but they're a tension question within her friendship circle. Right. And she'll be like, I'll just go ask my mom. And it's like, ah, why would you ask a parent about that? Like, no, really, like, let's just go ask my mom or my dad or my parent or whatever, you know, yeah. depending on the topic. And that, that was something else that was a high value to me, even if it meant that sometimes I had to use my poker face when it came to moral preferences. Like, yeah. like okay, I, I, don't, I don't love that. Well, like, I don't love that you listen to that music or watch that movie or want to wear that shirt or like, that's not my fave. And I say that. Well, well it reminds me of like when you're a kid and, you know, kids like, why, 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 why? Yeah. And it's that super annoying. However, I mean, this is something, I mean, we talk about this on the podcast all the time. We talk about this about our faith. Like, 
why do you believe that, right? Yeah. Like, and and it actually is a good opportunity for you as a parent to kind of be a little introspective and be like, yeah, I don't why? want you to act this way. Why? Like, ultimately, right. what is the problem? Is it just because the Bible says so, or this is a bad thing, or yeah. people will pre- maybe it's people will perceive you poorly? Yeah. And we live we can, in a culture, but but we have yeah. to have that be able to have that discussion. Like, yeah. oh, when you say those words or you do those things you are perceived in a way that I don't think that's what you want. And so like you really need to boil down even for yourself, even if you, and I think there's beauty in in exploring that why with the student or the, you know, the child, like saying, Hey, yeah, I believe this way. And I've had to, I'm now thinking about why do I believe this way and let them see you walk through that because their choices should not be a, this is bad. We don't do it. It should be a, this is bad because it leads to these things or yeah. it, it does this. Well, and as Christians, right, there is a true north. Right. So we, be, like, totally. I don't think we ever hit true north. Like, I, right. I'm not that, I, I'm just not that. I'm not there yet. But I do believe that there is something that is true north. Right. And my hope is that if I go northeast and northwest enough even if I'm wandering and sometimes go all the way east or all the way west or sit down and like face south for a hot minute, that that because I know where north is, that if I take enough steps in that direction, that yeah. grace that grace is there with me, right? That the point of the faith journey is to be invited to walk towards Christ and new life and you know, living out that image bearing and that I want to do that with my children. I don't have the answers. And frankly, the world that they're living in, a teenager raised with a smartphone access to, if not in their hand, in a global pandemic, in a world where even standard jobs in universities are at least half online. How in the heck am I supposed to be equipped for navigating that? Right. Like I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to be 19 in that world. I just don't. I don't have that information. I'm navigating it alongside you. Yeah. So what I really want you to have, kiddo, is a sense of where true north is so that, that you're, when you're making decisions, you're making decisions in wisdom, not making decisions based on earning my earning right. my acceptance or protecting our family's image and well and that and um just as a parent approaching them with this concept of um kind of a humility to your child Mm -hmm. of going uh not only do i not know all of the answers and i'm learning too but like i believe in you and I believe that you want to have the right answers, right? And this really plays out. I mean, it plays out to a further degree when we're dealing with like kids in care and things yeah. like that because there, there's a lot of other things that are going on. But just giving them the benefit of the doubt of like, yep. listen, you're not a bad person. No. Right? You're, you're, you're doing the wrong things. Yeah. But my job is not to actually correct you. and Compliance isn't the goal. Exactly. That, that's yeah. it. Yeah. And so it is. And actually, if all I'm doing is teaching you compliance, I'm not teaching you the why of what you're doing. Right. And so, I mean, that was one thing that like, I think you and I have talked about a lot um, yeah. together, but like approaching like our son and things and just going to him and being like, he wants to be doing the right thing. 
So how do I help him understand that what I'm asking of him uh-huh. is going to help him do the right thing, right? He's very, very concrete, linear. Right. I would say he verges on being binary in his decision process. There is the right way to do it and there is the wrong way to do, do right. it. And like, that's it. And you and I don't tend to operate like that. And our girls don't, I mean, certainly there's things, right? Like yeah. murder's wrong, but also... What if it's self-defense? Like, you know, the girls lean into the gray much more easily than right. he does. I mean, even as small, small children, they were able to lean into the gray more than he does. And so, but that's actually still who he is. Yeah. Who he is. Like, that's not a flaw. No. That's just a difference in how he perceives the world. And so how do we meet him? But again, we're, our goal is to have children that love God and that, 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 love each other and love the people around them. And so if all we teach them is do these, do X, Y, Z, if all we did with him is put off a list, here's the 12 things you have to do to, or here's your 10 commandments, so to speak. Right. right? Right. And never teach him why those things matter. He could follow those 10 commandments and still end up being a person outside of the scope of that. So we have to go, okay, well, do we know why following those rules leads to a better way of doing things and teach him, oh, we do that. And the reason we do that is this, because he's never going to ask why. He's only going to go, okay, or no, I don't want to type of thing. And so I think that's one of those things that, and especially when we, again, going back to like kids in care who are coming from traumatized positions or or, or like- And we have them temporarily. Right. Right. None of them- No. Do we have any historical trust? Like we haven't had, if they're 13, we haven't had 13 years to demonstrate that we are trustworthy, that we will apologize, that we will meet their needs, that we will anticipate their needs. They have every reason to believe we aren't trustworthy, that we're only after compliance and that we will not anticipate who they are as individuals or what their needs, that their needs might be different. And so it's a whole different conversation because there is an element of compliance. And so I think it's important to yeah, address it's this that. Weird, like, like, yeah. That like even with our kids, when when we need you to do your chores, like you actually have to do them. Like you actually have to yeah, it's, meet and, curfew. And it's you not a actually, conversation every time where we're like, oh, well, let's have a discussion about why you should do your chores. No, like, like this is what we do as a family. This is what it costs to be an adult. Like right. maturing means having self-ownership and but but that is how we tend to couch it right it isn't you do this or else right or you do this because i said so it's listen this is what maturity looks like do you think that i want to spend my saturday morning mopping the floors i don't but what i love is a clean house what i love is that when our friends come over saturday night for our very favorite green family dinner when they show up, they show up in a That's house. That's their name. We don't eat green food like that. I mean, we do eat a lot of green foods because yeah. vegetarians. No. Practically. No. Yeah, I'm just saying. It's their last name. I'm just saying. Like, it is. There are very dear friends, the Green family. And we have something called Green Family Dinner. Yes. Yes. I don't and think they call it that. <laughs> no, they call it Burr's Family Dinner. <laughs> okay. Isn't that funny? In any case, we call, we both both of us refer to it as Family Dinner. Um, and so, but, but these are the conversations we have with the kids. It's like, it... This isn't that maturing into things and into ownership isn't about complying because we've mandated it. It's this is what maturity looks like. And so that is another piece that as our children get older, including um, slightly older kids in care who come into our home, is 
we attempt in the way that we sort of tell about the rules or set expectations, that's what I should be saying is set expectations, is we invite them into the ownership. And so there's been several times, especially with new teenagers, um, I'll set them down and I'll say, here's the thing about our house, because they're very concerned with what are the rules. They, they need to know what are the rules. And I'll say, you know, I'll give them answers like, we're done with media at nine o'clock. We don't charge our phones in our rooms. Like, it's just not, I don't do that either, right? right? And we point those things out. This is sort of our family patterns. But I say to them, I, it's really important to me that you feel like you can trust me. And I want you to know, I trust you. I'm choosing to trust you right now. I don't know you yet, but I'm choosing to trust you. And when I get to trust you, that means that we get to have conversations about things. It means you get a lot of choice. It means that really what I want to do is have us do stuff together. Like I want you to just operate with this family the way we do. I want you to have say in your life. That matters to me. So I'm I trust you right now. That means there's also not as many rules as maybe you're used to. Here are the biggies. This, this, and this. These are the biggies. Now, you need to, and they'll come up, you know, 13, 14. Can I have a snack? I don't know. You tell me. What? Like, I don't don't need to give you permission to eat. Are Mm. you hungry? Yes. Do you know where the food is? Yeah. Awesome. You're part of this family. I trust that you know how to decide when you're hungry. And so it's handing back ownership whenever possible. And that looks really different depending on the kid. That looks really different depending on their developmental age. So I am not saying when a child is three that that they have open access to all types of food in the house. That is not a thing. Right. But it but we started that. Even when the kids were really, really small, we had a drawer of snacks that had sort of always acceptable options. And teaching, handing the ownership to them of like, listen, I think that you can make good decisions. I'm going to limit your decisions to two (laughs) because you're not old enough to wrestle with the scope of them. But I believe you can make good decisions. And so I'm just going to choose to trust you and come next to you for when those decisions don't play out. How do we solve it? It's actually your job to solve it. It's not my job to solve that. Yeah. How are you going to solve this situation? And just to be clear, in case this isn't clear, it is not open permis- permission. permission. There are clear expectations. Again, it comes back to what you were saying at the very beginning. It's about understanding developmental... And here's the thing. You don't have to have like a PhD in developmental psychology or anything nope. crazy like we that. We don't have that. No, but like, but it does mean that you go, okay, this kid is going to push boundaries, yeah. right? And at four years old, what that looks like and, and is acceptable and what that looks like when they're 15 is very much different and it should yep. be different and that's okay. But like this person is going to act this way. Yep. And so therefore I should um, create a safe space for them to explore those things. Yeah, um, Doesn't mean you don't have boundaries. I always say this about like, boundaries are not a bad thing like we used to we used to always think that like boundaries were bad but boundaries are what turn a puddle into a river right yeah like they 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 give focus they give purpose and for that person as well as for you as a parent and so boundaries are a good thing and we should put boundaries around and limits are safety right like i i don't want our 13 year old 
driving to Seattle and back, but I definitely want our 19-year-old or near 19-year-old to be able to drive to Seattle and back, right? That's for a while. I mean, those limits, those limits aren't, those are protective measures. Our 13-year-old can't handle that yet. And, and so I think that's also um, an important part of when we talk about inviting them in, into that process kids in care and recognizing what that means for who they are. Right. When a child has developmental delays um, or maturity delays due to trauma, just because they have a chronological marker doesn't mean that I get to hold them to the, the typical chronological standard there. I might get to hold that child to a 16-year-old standard in some things because they were forced to grow up really fast. And I should respect that they did that maturing. But on the other side, sometimes I need to set limits and safeties that are closer to an eight-year-old because the trauma circumvented that piece of the... Or my expectation of their ability to you know, listen to direction and follow through. I need to adjust that. Yeah. And so... And I'll, I'll kind of bring all of this back together as we as we wrap up here. Yeah. In the sense of like, the fact of the matter is, we don't know. Yeah. And we're still trying to figure all of yeah. this out, right? And, and so like, we make mistakes all of the time. Yeah. But we bring the kids on that journey yeah. of mistakes, right? We... we I mean, I'm a perfect parent, but you might. <laughs> but I'm not. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, but like, um, I like to tell my kids that because I, you know, they know it's not it's true. It's good fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, we make mistakes. We make, um, and we go back to that 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 moment of letting them know. But we also bring our kids on the journey of parenting yeah. with us, right? And I think it's important to to say here, if it wasn't clear in this conversation. All of these things are exactly the same way that we have tried to instill faith mm. and love of Christ and love of his word and love of his church into our children. We believe that kids are capable of understanding and wrestling with faith in a much deeper way than I think kids are often given credit for. Yeah. So when they would ask what felt like existential questions in preschool, Ah, we would give them the appropriate four or five-year-old answer. The VeggieTales answer, as I call it, yeah. Well, no, no, well, we wouldn't give them the VeggieTales. I think that's what I'm trying to say. At least, like, we would, I, I wouldn't try to invite them into the whole of church well, that's history. That's what I mean, yeah. But it would be more like, well, you're you're right when, you know, when such and such happened, why is it that, you know, you think would God be mad at you? And what would that look like if God was inviting them into wrestling with those big questions and making their faith journey, not about something that's adherence to a dogma, but is something about walking with us. We pray together. They see me doing my devotions and I talk to them about what I'm seeing and hearing and learning especially as they get bigger, but even when they were young, first, second grade, we would talk about, this is what I'm praying through this week. This is how I'm praying for you. Right. Or we would drive by an ambulance. Let's pray for that family because these are people in our community. It's about teaching principles and not just rules, right? Like, yeah. And it's like, how do we teach those principles that define our faith? Yep. And then in, in that, you need to know what your faith is and how, yep. how that how that plays out. And I think the same thing is true. And when you're talking about like 
biblical, I'll say, interpretation, right? Like, we have never said to our kids, like, we've never corrected our children and said, well, you know, Adam and Eve were the first humans, you know, so all this stuff about, you know, we said, oh, you know, you learned about evolution at in grade school. What does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean with, with this thing? And we, yeah. we didn't... We didn't try to go, no, 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 we don't believe that way or we don't think that way. Or, we don't yeah. do that way. We said, hmm, that's interesting. What does that make you think about this thing that we're doing? Even yep. at a young age, because yep. they have those questions. They're yeah. walking through those questions. And if you, if you only teach, you must believe it this way and understand it this way, they will never discover for themselves. And then they're going to go through... A, reconstruction deconstruction of yeah it'll probably just be a deconstruction and right. not a reconstruction which is They're, a future episode but that's, it is, yeah. yeah but um but and so yeah teaching them how to make the journey as opposed to going this is where you need to be right yeah. and and that's that's essentially what we're talking about yeah so i mean our kids are teenagers so uh <laughs> we don't know that we have this we're figured out and we're not prescribing anything we're describing our perspective on parenting and maturing and if you you know if this has resonated with you either as a parent or maybe as somebody who doesn't want to be a parent or isn't a parent yet um, but it's made you uh, reflect on how you were raised and how that upbringing has impacted your faith uh, we would love to hear from you. It's actually our favorite. Uh, you can find us at Bread and Cup Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. Or do you want to say the website? Breadandcuppodcast.com. Got it. I got it. Yes, it's been did. a long time, so I don't Nailed remember. It. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us for this conversation. Uh, we hope to find you uh, on the platforms, and we hope to have more content for you very soon. To join the conversation, like and subscribe, then find us on Instagram at Bread and Cup Podcast. You can also find us at our website and other social platforms linked in the show notes.